Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. You are welcome in this place. Take over. We avail ourselves into your hands. Give us hearing ears. Open our eyes that we can see. And let your word go forth. And let it accomplish the purpose, the plans for which it's intended for. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints join me to say, Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats? Wonderful. Wonderful. Can you put a a pause on the message for a moment? And, um, We are on. Are we on? Wonderful. Okay. Well, um, this afternoon, um, I want us to continue with a message that I began sharing with you um, about two weeks ago regarding the gift that God has given us in the form of a pastor. Is it a pastor? is a gift from God's heart. A pastor is a gift that comes from God's heart. Are you excited about a message like that? Yes. So, um, we began sharing that a pastor is a special gift that God gives to us from his heart. From his heart. Amen. Amen. You know, there are so many gifts that God gives to us. How many of you will agree with me that God gives us so many gifts? God gives us a lot of good gifts. And um, not many of them, not many of God's gifts to us are specifically described as actually coming from the heart of God. Do you understand? That it gives that description of this particular gift. We read a scripture in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. And the Bible says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart. I will give you pastors according to my heart. I will give you pastors after my own heart, pastors from my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, if God is saying this is a gift from his heart, then it must be a very important gift. Amen. Amen. 
you know, and when someone gives you a gift from his heart, the person expects you to treat it very well. The person doesn't want you to, you know, misuse that gift. When God gives you a gift and he says, this is a gift from my heart. By the grace of God, God has given us a gift in this church. God has added another pastor to us in this church. Amen. And it's a great blessing. God has given us a gift from his heart. It is a great blessing. It means God really loves us. And I believe that he's going to give us more of such gifts in this church. Amen. Many pastors will be born out of this church. Hallelujah. Many pastors will be born out of this church. Just the past weekend, I was speaking to one of the pastors that God, by the grace of God, born out of this church and the wonderful things that the Lord is using him to do. And I say, indeed, God is good. God is really good. Hallelujah. And so the gift of a pastor is a wonderful gift that God gives to his people. Amen. Um, we read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at that quickly and then we will proceed. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. God is giving gifts to men. Amen. Amen. Now, if you go down, verse 9, verse 11, 10, go to verse 11. God describes the gifts that he gave. He says, these are the gifts that he gave. He says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. God gave these gifts. And he says, verse 12, he says, for what? For the perfecting of the saints. To make the saints perfect. God wants you to be a perfect saint. And God's way of making you perfect, one of his ways is to give you a gift. A gift of a pastor. To make you a perfect saint. To make you a perfect husband to make you a perfect wife, to make you a perfect son and a perfect daughter. For that, God gives a gift. Amen. To perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. So anyone who desires to do the work of the ministry, God will give you a gift of a pastor, a gift of a prophet, a gift of a teacher. And it is up to you to receive this gift. If you are interested in doing the work of God. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That means that you cannot become a pastor without first God giving you one of these gifts. To perfect you to become a pastor. To perfect you to become a church worker. Amen. Amen. Do you see how important this gift is? Yeah. Hallelujah. So God describes... A gift of a pastor, when he gives us a gift of a pastor, he says it is a gift from his heart. It is a gift from his heart. Hallelujah. 
And you need to be aware of that. It is important that you be aware of that. That this is a gift from God's heart. That what you are looking at, this pastor that is standing in front of you, is a gift from God's heart. It is important that you understand that and receive it as such. It's important. That if God is saying that this is a gift according to my heart, then it must be, no matter how I see it, no matter how I look, it must be an important gift. Amen. Amen. So that means if you receive a pastor, you have received a gift from God's heart. Isn't that so? If you welcome a pastor into your life, you have received a gift from God's heart. Now I want you to look at the very nature of a pastor. You see, look at the very nature. If you want to really see something that is coming from God, something that is coming from God, look at the very nature of a pastor. Just analyzing the nature of a pastor, you know, you realize that there is no other person like a pastor. There is no other person like a pastor. Someone who has such a pressing need, a pressing need on his heart to care for you. Do you understand? He has such a pressing need on his heart to care for you, to care about you. And he didn't give birth to you. Do you understand? He didn't give birth to you. You are not his relative. You are not his friend. You are not, you are, you are not his um, mother-in-law, father-in-law, co-worker. You are not. And he doesn't know you from anywhere. But he has such a pressing need. He has such a pressing need to care for you. That alone should tell you that this must be a gift from God. There is no other person who would do that. That if you walk in the church today, if you, today was the first day you are walking in the church and you say, you know, at the end of the service, I want to be a member of this church. I want to be a member of this church. And then you begin even to say, as you are just talking, you say, and pastor, I have this problem. I have that problem with my marriage. I have, suddenly the Lord places a burden on the pastor's heart and the pastor says, I want to come to your house. I want to visit you. Suddenly, he doesn't know you from anywhere. It must be a gift from God. Who would you meet? Who would you meet that doesn't know you from anywhere? And suddenly you begin to just talk about who cares? We all have the same problems. It must be a gift of God. It must be a gift of God. That suddenly, as you are just talking, God places a burden on his heart. And suddenly he's taking you as if he has known you for a long time. And he's so concerned about you, concerned about everything that you are telling him or her. It must be a gift of God. It must be a gift of God. Hallelujah. Because even your own parents, at some point, they give up on you. They give up on you. But not a pastor. A pastor will never give up on you. No matter your some wayness. And some of you, you know you are some way. But a pastor never gives up on you. It must be a gift of God. It must be someone who is really blessing your life from God. It must be. Ask your neighbor, do you know what is some way? 
Amen. It must be, it must be a gift from God. Some of you, 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 you know that you know, the pastor also has his own problems. Someone who has his own problems just like you. Someone who has his own problems just like you. But he takes on your problem. He takes on your problem as if he doesn't have any problem. It must be a gift of God. It's not an ordinary person to do that. That is not an ordinary human being to do that. Hallelujah. Because an ordinary man, an ordinary person will naturally care for himself when he has a problem. He will care for himself. And even when an ordinary person, an ordinary person in the midst of helping you deal with your problem, when he gets a problem, he abandons you. He abandons you. He says, Charlotte, we all have problems. I was trying, but the problem that I'm having right now, I can't handle it. And you abandon but not a pastor. I said, not a pastor. That must be a gift from God. That must be a gift from God. That must be a gift from God. That should tell you that this is a person that God has placed in my life. Specifically. This is not like my parents. This is not like even your best friend. Your best friend. The one you call your best friend. And mind you, the one you call your best friend, he has been with you or she has been with you for a long time and now he has put some trust in you. Not a pastor. Just the first day we meet and then I have trust in you to come to your house. To come to your house. It must be a gift of God. It must be a gift of God. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And you need to know that. You need to welcome that. Amen. I say you need to embrace that. That this is a gift that God has placed in my life. Hallelujah. An ordinary man will not take your problems to bed and wake up with your problems. Ordinary person will not, you, you will share your problems with the person, but I can guarantee you when you are gone, he doesn't think about your problems. But not a pastor. I said not a pastor. Hallelujah. So if you find one who is coming out of his own problems, out of his own problems, and coming after yours, coming after your problems. Even sometimes you are hiding your problems from him. But he's pursuing to know your problems. He says, I need to know what your problems are. And you don't want to even tell him. But he's pursuing and probing to know what is the problem so that he can add to his heart and his burden. That must be a gift of God. Some of you have marital problems and you don't want the pastor to know. But he's probing. He's asking, is everything okay? Are you having sex? How many times? Is it, is it good? And all, all these things he's interested in. How many of your friends can ask you if you are enjoying in your bedroom? How many of your friends care? They don't care. They are happy that you are not enjoying like they are. Someone who rejoices with you when you receive promotion. And then cries with you when you are in certain sorrowful situation. It must be a gift from God. It must be a gift from God. 
The other day, someone was sharing with me how the Lord, I was so happy. How the Lord has blessed him, how the Lord is lifting him up. I was so happy. As if it has happened to me. As if it has happened to me. It must be a gift of God. It must be a gift of God. When I hear that one of you have graduated, you know that it's not everyone who is around you who is happy that now you also have a degree and you are also now you can walk around like us and you talk like, not all of them are like that, but not a pastor. A pastor is happy when you are going forward and wants you to have more. Wants you to have more. Amen. Early this morning, I was praying and I said, Lord, if you have placed me in the lives of these people and they gather because of a servant like me that you have chosen, then let every prophecy that proceeds out of my mouth, let it come to pass in their lives. If that is what they depend on, if that is what you depend on to promote them, then let every prophecy, every word that comes out of my mouth, let it bless them. And as you receive the gift of a pastor, may the Lord also bless you. May the Lord promote you. May the Lord take you higher. May the Lord lift you up. May the Lord cause you to be exalted. May the Lord cause you to be chosen, to be promoted, to be counted amongst important people. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, it is not natural when someone who you know to also have similar problems has, is putting his problems down to take yours without any ulterior motive, it is not a natural thing. It is not a natural thing. You see, that is the reason why a lot of you also don't even trust pastors. Because you don't think that a person, a, a person like you, somebody who is also like, can do something like that. You don't believe that this is real. But it is a burden that God has placed on a pastor's heart to care for the flock like that. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? So it is to your advantage, to your advantage to embrace this gift. It is your, to your advantage to pick up his phone when he calls you. Say, so what is he going to say to me? It is to your advantage. Some of you will never get you on the phone. The pastor is calling you. Pastor, what does he want? Hey, what does the pastor want? What a shock. Tell your neighbor, what a shock. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, because God has placed a responsibility on the heart of the pastor. You understand? That is, some of you wonder. You wonder why you are some way. You know, explain to your neighbor if what is some way. Because some people don't understand what is some way. It is a lighthouse term. Lighthouse English. And it's acceptable. It's in our dictionary. You know. Explain to the person in a local dialect what is some way. You are some way. means... You, 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 I, I can't say it. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, 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 that is it. 
Yeah, somebody has gotten it. But we can't say it aloud. That means you are some way. And some of you, you wonder why you are so some way, but the pastor is still welcoming you. The pastor is still loving you, looking for you, asking of you, praying for you. You wonder. Because it's not a natural thing. It's not a natural thing. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, 13, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. It is not profitable. I mean, it's not profitable for you that your pastor is caring for you with grief. It's not, it's not profitable for you. So you have to submit yourself and you have to place yourself in a position where the pastor is caring for you with joy. Do you understand? It's not, it's not a good thing that the pastor is caring for you with grief. That your, the way your life is, the pastor is doing something for you and the pastor will say, ask for this person if it wasn't for the Lord. You see, and truly, it is because of the Lord. But you don't put your pastor in a position, this person, the way his behavior, the way her behavior, if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't have done this. But you are doing it out of grief. That the Bible says is not profitable for you. It's not profitable for you. Let your, your pastors care for you with joy. That they will give account of you. They have a responsibility to give account of you. God is expecting them to give account of you. That is why when you are missing, we come chasing you. We are coming looking for you. That is the reason. That is the reason why I assign people. I assign them. Call this person. Find out where this person is. Find out. Visit this person. Go to get to know what. It's not, we are not probing to know your business. But I have to give account of you before God. That is a reason. That is a reason. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Hallelujah. Now we are saying that you don't have a say in the type of pastor that God gives you. You don't have a say in it. You don't have an opportunity to choose. You don't get to choose the kind of pastor that God should give you. You don't get to choose his color. You don't get to choose his height. You don't get to choose his size. You don't get to choose his behavior. You don't get to choose any of that. You don't get to choose whether it's a man or a woman. You don't get to choose. God says, I will give you, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Not according to your heart. Not according to how you feel about the person. Not according to your assessment. But God says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. And here's an interesting thing. That God does not choose some unusual person who looks like a pastor. You see, God does not choose some unusual person who looks like a pastor to give you. He doesn't. He can send a murderer to you. He can send someone who was previously a fornicator. What a shock. That is God. That you know. 
that you know and say, ah, can this person also be a pastor? That is the person that God is sending you. He does not choose someone who you didn't know before, someone from somewhere that has suddenly appeared, and you, now you, you say, wow, this looks like, this is so priestly. He looks so priestly. Look at how he looks. What is, you see, it fits him. Do you see? Then you, when you see, you say, ah, this is a pastor. You see, that is not a kind. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 1. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 1. Do you have the NIV? Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 1. He says, every high priest, every high priest is selected from among men. Is selected from among men. You see? And is appointed to represent them. I want you to listen to the scripture very well. It says, every high priest, every pastor, is selected from among men. And he is appointed to represent men, to represent them. Who is them? Yes. To represent them in matters related to God. To represent them in matters related to God. In your relation, Eddie, in your relation with God, God will give you one of the people that he will just choose from amongst the men, amongst the people. And then he will represent a matters that you have relating to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. That your, your sacrifices to God, your prayers for sins and relating to matters of this nature, God gives you one of the people. He selects one and appoints them as a priest. Amen. Verse 2 says, He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant. That is why a pastor has a heart for your behavior. God chooses just one from amongst them and then makes him this kind of person. He says, who is able to deal gently? Not everyone is able to do, I mean, you look at your behavior. I mean, sometimes. You see, sometimes I assign some of these shepherds to call and follow up and they calling on you and you, some of you are rude to them. And they say, Pastor, this person, when we call him, this person, you know. You see, there's a sister in this church. She knows herself. You know, when she first came to the church, we called her. She was rude. Very rude, you know, and, you know, talk some way and things like that. But today, by the grace of God, giving a pastor with the heart to deal gently with such people, that person is a very strong member of the church, someone who has become even very dear to my heart. Dear to my heart. Don't worry who she is. She knows herself. That sister, she knows herself. Amen. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? It says, some, he makes him. He chooses one from among the people. And makes him that he's able to deal gently with those who are ignorant. And are going astray. You see, some of you, you don't even know that you are going astray. Since he himself, God chooses, this is the key. Since he himself is subject to weakness. That man that God is chosen from among the people, he himself is also subject to weakness. Amen. The next verse says, this is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins. 
as well as for the sins of the people. So he's not an extraordinary person that you are expecting. This is the person that God has chosen in matters relating to you and God. This is a person that represents you. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? Irene, do you understand the word of God? That is why I'm important in your life. Do you understand? That is why she's one of the people that are dear to my heart. And as soon as I entered the church, she became dear to my heart. Didn't you feel the love that I have for you? Yes. And so does feel it. All of you, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. My eyes just went on Irene. Amen. Verse, it says, verse 4, verse 4, it says, no one takes this honor upon himself. No one. No one can make himself a pastor. No one. If you make yourself a pastor, no one will follow you. I am telling you. If you don't go through the process of God's gift, ordaining, God's gift, perfecting, and working on you, and working on you, and equipping you, until you, you see, and this pattern of God bringing pastors and gift to train and equipping, but God says this will continue. So you are not, if you are looking for another means to be equipped, there is no other means. This, God says this will continue. It will continue until all of us come to the full standard. To the fullness of Christ. To come to the full standard of Christ. So it says, no one takes this honor upon himself. He must be called by God. Just as Aaron was. Even though Aaron was Moses' brother, he had to be called by God. It was when Moses was with him, and through Moses, God said, call your brother. No one takes this honor upon himself. Hallelujah. So it's in your best interest to accept the pastor that God gives you so that God can do whatever he wants to do or whatever you want of God through the pastor. Hallelujah. Through the pastor. You may choose to say that, oh, I don't like this one. I don't like that one. I don't like this one. You know, this one, he, the way he is, I don't like him. It is not up to you. Your responsibility is to accept the pastor that God gives you. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. I hope you are understanding the word of God that I'm sharing with you. It says, chapter, uh, verse 37, Matthew 23 and verse 37. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone them who are sent to you. Do you see, prophet is one of the gifts that God sends to us. He says, You kill these people who are sent unto thee. How often? Would I have gathered thy children together? This is the Lord speaking. He says, How often would I have gathered thy children together? Even as a hen gathereth her chicken under her wings. And you will not. Wow. God is saying, 
how often I have longed to cover you, to protect you, to wrap you around with my mighty wings. Just like a hen will gather her chicken, her little chickens, under her arms, under her wings, to cover them, to protect them, to feed them, to provide warmth, to provide protection. How God would have longed to do that and you will not let him. So you say, how? How do you say, I don't let you? Lord, I am praying to you every day for covering. I am praying to you every day for protection. I am praying to you every day for provision. How would you say that I don't let you? And the Lord says, he said, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. That means there is no covering. There is no provision. Your house is empty. No protection. Nothing. Nothing is provided. Your house is empty. No, no growth. Your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you. Say, I say unto you. This is Jesus. He said, for I say unto you, ye shall not see me. Do we want to see God? Do we want to feel the presence of God in our lives? He says, ye shall not see me henceforth. Till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Wow. Until you will say, blessed is he. You want me? You want me to provide? You want me to gather you and provide protection for you and your family and provide you with warmth, shelter, provisions? Until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. You will not see me. Until you receive the pastor, you will not see God. Hallelujah. So when you pray to God, he uses these men, these chosen servants, these women, he uses them to answer your prayers. When you pray to God, he chooses people like this to answer your prayer. He says they are, they are representing relations, your, how you relate to God. How you are communicating with God, he has chosen these people to represent this relationship. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Let's look at some few examples and then we can bring the service to a close. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Acts chapter 10 and verse 1. Are you with me? Okay, we're going to read this chapter and then we'll close. Acts chapter 10 and verse... Let's read from verse 1. It says, There was a certain man... Are you, are, do I have your attention? Yes. I want you to listen. This is a very, very interesting chapter. And I want you to pay attention. I know you have read it. You, have, you are familiar with the story. But just listen with me. Just read along. You see, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. This was a man who is a soldier, a leader, a centurion, an army officer in the band called the Italian band. The Bible describes him as a devout man. Verse 2, he says, a devout man. A devout man means someone who is totally committed to 
the cause or a belief. So this man was totally committed to his belief. The other meaning says having or showing deep religious feelings or commitment. So this guy, Cornelius, was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people. He gave a lot of offerings. He gave a lot of alms to the people. When he came to church, he gave. Do you see? He was someone who was, who was given. You see, this is one of the scriptures that should teach you. I love this particular scripture. It is one of the scriptures that should teach you that anytime there's an opportunity to give, join in and give. Join in and give. Never be tired of giving. Never be tired of giving. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, when it's in the morning, do what? Sow thy seed. And in the evening also what? Withhold not your hand. That means don't be tired ever of giving. Why? Because you never know. You never know which one, which one of these things is going to trigger the heavens to visit you. You never know. So this man, the Bible describes him, he says, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. How often? That means he was always praying. He was always praying. What is he praying to God for? He was praying, perhaps, I don't know. He has a household. Perhaps he was praying to God for provision, protection, that his children will pass their exams in school, that they will go to good colleges, that the Lord will provide in his house, that he's a a soldier. He was praying to God for protection, but he was praying always. Everything he was committing to God's hands. Everything he wanted God to do for him. He was one of the people who is always asking God for things. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Or you are sleeping? You have gone home. He says he was praying to God always. He was a kind of person, even if he's starting his car, he prays before he starts a car. He prays to God when he's driving that his car will never stop on the highway. It will not break down. He's praying to God that he will receive promotion at work. He's praying to God that his boss will favor him. He's praying to God about everything. Now, when you pray, do you expect answers? Absolutely. The Bible says, verse 3, he saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour. You know what is the ninth hour? What is the ninth hour? Three o'clock. He, he said he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day. Daytime. Bright daytime. He saw about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. He is praying always. He says one day I'm praying that one day I will see God. One day I will have a visit. One day I will see a manifestation. I hear people talking about when I was praying and I saw in a vision when I was praying and I am also waiting for the day that I will also have mine. So he was praying to God and the Bible says, and then an angel came in bright day saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid. Look at this. Someone who is all 
always praying. Who are you praying to? Who do you think he was praying to? And then God has sent an angel. He says, you have prayed. Ah, today is your day. You have given. Ah, today is your day. And so God sends an angel. And the angel appeared. And the angel calls him Cornelius. And he was afraid. And look at the thing he said. He says, what is it? What is it, Lord? What have I done? What? You see, you are praying you want to see God. You are praying you want answers from God. God has sent an angel. He said, what is it? What, what do you want here? What, 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 do you, what have I done? Do you see why God uses men to answer your prayers? Because when he appears before, you'll be afraid. When you go in the night and then an angel comes in your bedroom with a... Perhaps you fornicated last night. You know, perhaps you went to the store and then accidentally when you took the shoes out, you didn't go back inside. And then an angel has appeared. You will run and leave the angel. You will run and leave the angel. Do you understand why God uses men? Men that are like you. Men that you can relate to. Men that you can sit down and talk to. He was afraid. He was afraid. And that means his answer, even to the angel, he would have driven the angel. Then you say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I came to disturb you. I'm sorry. It's a mistake. And the angel would have left him. But listen. He says, and he said, the angel said unto him, thy prayers... And thine arms, that is your giving, thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. These many days of prayers and your giving all the time nonstop, it has come up before God as a memorial. Your prayers have risen up to the throne room of God. And look at the answer or the response to his prayers. The many, the Bible says he prayed always. And finally, answer has come. Finally, the Lord has brought answers. And he says, and now, here is your answer to your prayers. Send men to Joppa. Send men to Joppa. And call for one Simon. Whose surname is Peter. Call for one Simon. Send men to Joppa. Send men to a city called Joppa and look for a guy called Simon whose surname, a guy called Simon whose surname is Peter. So go and look for Simon Peter. He has not seen this man before. He doesn't know who he is. Whether he's priestly looking, whether he lives on a mountain. He says, so now the angel is giving him description. You see, when the angel has said, go to you know, Mount Eden. You know, there's a, there's a man who lives on top of the mountain. You see, he lives isolatedly here alone. It would take you about three days to get to where the man is. On top of the mountain, it would take you another week to climb up to the mountain. How many of you will feel that you are going to meet some important person of God? Are you with me? But listen, the Bible says, Go to this man. His name is Simon Peter. He lodged or he lives with Simon, a tanner. He lives with another person. He doesn't even have a home. 
He runs from <laughs> somebody's basement. He lives with one Simon, a tanner, whose house, this is Simon the tanner's house, whose house is by the seaside. It's not on top of the mountain. By the fishermen, where the fishermen all live, that's where Simon Tanner also lives. And he rents his basement. And this person, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. I'm talking about a gift of a pastor. When God gives you a gift of a pastor. He says, your prayers have been heard. And the answer is that I have selected a pastor for you. Go to him and he will tell you what you have to do. Hallelujah. So you would expect, you would expect that if the angel has come, if I have prayed and you have heard me, my prayers have been heard and you have come, tell me what I have to do. Right now, we are here. You are here. I am here. One on one. I don't like the type that you pass through another person and then they change the story and then it's another person and then it changes. A message can change. Please tell me right here. Isn't that so? But he says, go to this person. Go to a pastor and he will tell you what you have to do. He will tell you what you have to do. Amen. How many of you want to know what God has for this time, uh, this Cornelius. How many of you would think that the angels should have told him right there? How many of you, if you had prayed and an angel has visited you, the angel will tell you what you have to do? And then you come and give testimony. So you come and stand here like that. You know, <laughs> Reverend, what I saw you have never seen before. <laughs> Reverend, I'm not a pastor, but I'm telling you <laughs> the experience that I had. You see? You will come and give testimony like that. Church, what I'm about to tell you will blow your mind. You see, but God magnifies a pastor in your life and says, my answer for you, it rests on this pastor. What your reward for this prayer is rest on this pastor. So I have come and my answer is that go and find a pastor that I have chosen for you. You don't know him. You don't know how he looks like. You don't know how he talks, but I have chosen for him for you. You don't know how old he is. You don't know how young he is, but I have chosen a pastor for you who has answer to all the things that you have prayed about. And it's up to you to welcome that pastor to receive those answers. We will continue with this story. Our time is up. And I will continue by the grace of God next time that we meet. How many of you would like to know the things that God had for Cornelius that it was going to come from? Very interesting story. Stand to your feet for a moment. And we will continue next time that we meet. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Father, we are thankful and grateful. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. I have made thank you, Lord. Thankful and grateful this afternoon. 
Lord, forgive us that we have belittled such great gifts that you give out of your heart. Lord, that we have not treasured such great gifts that you have given us from your heart. Father, sometimes we have shut our lives from these great gifts. But you say, Lord, you choose men from amongst the people to represent us, to represent the people in matters relating to you. The matters that we have in relating to you, you say, you choose from amongst the people and you ordain one, you appoint one to be such a representative. Lord, forgive us that we have belittled such men. Forgive us, Lord, that we have not treasured such gifts. Forgive us, Lord, that we have not honored such gifts. But this afternoon, Lord, forgive us. We repent. And now, Lord, our eyes are open. That indeed, in matters that we have in relation to you, you say you will give us pastors according to your heart. Who will feed us? Who will teach us? Who will feed us with knowledge and understanding? We are grateful, Lord, for the gifts of a pastor. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ into my life. If that is your prayer, I would like you to lift up your hand. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, lift up your hand and I will say a short prayer with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Maybe somebody invited you. But Jesus is here to save you this afternoon. You may not have this opportunity again. But today, if you have heard the voice of God, some of you, you can hear a whisper and say, today, give your life to Jesus. Today, give your life to Jesus. For you will never know when the Lord will come. And you will never know when the Lord will call you. If you are praying and saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Just your right hand. Slip up your right hand where I can see it and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? The Lord is talking to you right now. You can hear the voice of God. And he says, give your life to Jesus this afternoon. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Let him have his way. Father, we are thankful for the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.